One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome back, following on County Cricketer, after taking August off, going on holiday, uh, we're back to talk about the last uh, few weeks of the County Championship season. Uh, two rounds to go, um, and we're fresh from uh, some exciting contests, and uh, really, it uh, well, it couldn't be tighter at the top of Division 1. Division 2 looks uh, a little bit more assured, but uh, essentially myself, John Norman from Talk Sports, Steve Harmison who won the county championship back in the day, and the Cricketer magazine, George DeBell, coming together to look back, to look forward, and also talk about some of the big stories in and around county cricket. Gentlemen, it's good to see you all. Let's start with selection, shall we? Because Ed Smith's been doing the rounds. Uh, Harmy's uh, putting himself forward for uh, uh, the job that was seemingly uh, not needed two years ago, but now needs, is, uh, is needed again. Um, and various names being linked with the job. Steve Finn, Nick Knight, Alex Stewart, Harmy himself. I suppose we should ask you first, Harmy, have you got the, uh, have you got the application in yet? Not yet, no. Still, I'm still sort of to and fro in whether it's the right thing to do because I'm really enjoying working with you, John, and <laughs> I have done for a number, a number of years. I, I applied for a few years ago because I thought, you know what? I'm look. I'd look forward to giving some trying being part of the ECB from the inside, as opposed to throwing stones from the outside. Um, and I really enjoy watching the game of cricket. I love watching young players try and develop, um, and I'd like to be part of that. And then the next time it came around when Ed Smith got it, I wasn't interested. I just thought this is not for me. The personnel that was in and around picking the team, what the team was. Didn't think it was the right fit at the time. But then this this time, you know, with the likes of you know, Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes, you know, Matthew Mott, Josh Butler, obviously Rob Key, who I know well, it seems as though, yeah, it's back to being a, a good fit for, for, for wanting to go for the job. So I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to sit on any fences. I've never done that whenever I've been in the sort of broadcasting world. It is something that I would like to do. The names that have been mentioned, some excellent names, some really, really good candidates. If they are interested in the job, 
there's some good people want to help English cricket, and that's one of the reasons why I've gone for it. So I'm not expecting to get it, but to go through the process, I can safely put my hand on my heart and say, when I am having a go at the ECB, I have tried to help, and for whatever reason, I did get the job or I didn't get the job. But I'm not somebody that ever tells lies. I, I'll tell you the truth, and I, I, I do fancy going for the role. I mean, whoever gets it, having sat in a room with uh, Ed Smith yesterday, the former national selector, and let's just assume, well, let's just say you do get it, Harmy. You know, that will be your. I imagine you'll go about things in a very different manner uh, to the way Ed did. I would have thought so. He's got up people's noses. He had a go at Broad and Anderson a little bit, tried to move on from that. For me, I see the. I've always seen the selector's role as somebody that the captain and coach can soundboard, good soundboard off. And I think. When you look into the future, which Brendan and Ben and, and, and Matthew and, and Josh can't do because they've got to be trying to win the next games, I think you as a selector have to follow their lead and where their game plan is, how they're developing their – they want to play their side and develop their side. And then you try and give them four or five options if somebody gets injured, if somebody loses form, that their, their game plan and their side, you know, it fits into – if you go in trying reinventing wheels and upsetting people and sort of trying to bring your ego, if it's too big, into the into the game, then you're just going to have an in-house fight, and that's the last thing you want. So for me, you know, a good selector is somebody that is there to support and help the current captain and and coaches to make sure that they've got all bases covered, all options on the table, and then hopefully, because I still believe the captain should never go on a field without or with a team that he doesn't want or players that he doesn't want, he should always go on the field with a, a comfortable in his mind that he is 100% behind every single play he does. And I think that's the role I believe that the way it should be done. George, it comes at a really important time as well because whoever comes in has got an Ashes campaign at home next year. I'm not sure if Australia is still favourites for it or what, but you know England haven't lost an Ashes series at home for... 20 years there's a world cup with a side that just seems to be creaking at the seams a little bit next year in india england go to defend their crown and then of course there's a t20 world cup as well with um you know two or three key individuals either recently retired or injured so um unlike ed smith when he came in there's a fully formed 50 over squad fully formed 20 over squad still some work to do with the test squad you'd have to say they're gonna have to get uh they're going to have to get cracking quite quickly. Well, it's it's definitely an important uh, role, isn't it? Um, did did Ed tell you he wasn't going to reapply? No, I didn't ask him, actually. Well, I did ask him about his plans for the winter, and he seemed to say that he had some business in Australia uh, to do with his institute, which ruled him out of media work. So whether that was an answer... You, you know, I remember we talked about this job a few months ago on this podcast and uh harmy i think you said at the time you were quite keen to do it but you didn't want to put rob key in an awkward position is, is that a fair summary yeah. because you didn't you basically were reluctant to apply because you know your friends and you didn't want people to criticize him if you were appointed uh, and allow them to say oh look it's just jobs for the boys is that something you're more content with now that you i don't know resigned to the fact that some people would say that but some people always criticise, don't they? I, I don't know. How are you feeling about that now? I think people will always criticise that, no matter what what is said. 
um, whether I do get the role, I don't get the role. I've never spoke to, I've not spoken to Keezy about it in that in that front. I think he's done a brilliant job in the way he's gone about everything that he's 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 done. His decision making's been you know, quite clear. The game plan that they're that they're trying to achieve from captains and coaches. Um, that was my only worry that we have a history, but I think if you look at other people that are in for the job or that's been talking about in for the job, there's a bit of history with them as well. So I don't think it really bothers me now because it's one of them ones where if I if I went for it and didn't get it, people will say, well, that's the reason. If I go for it and get it, they'll say that's the reason as well. So I'll be, I, I, I've never been bothered about what anybody's thought about me and, I, and I, I'm more confident now that I can do the job if if it's if it's needed and it's just a case of getting the right person. If the right person comes out of the woodwork, the last time I applied for it, I was disappointed that I didn't get a, a proper reply from it. But Alex uh, Angus Fraser got the job and he was perfect. He was the right man. Far more suited than what I, I was. You know, director of cricket he had been, England cricketer been, media been. Yeah, you know, he he was Angus Fraser was the right man for the job. Didn't have a problem with that. Except, I think I think he might have been director of cricket at the time, mightn't he? Which isn't a criticism of him, but I can see why they want it to have more independence because that that's been a problem in the past. And I think I think that is uh, something they're saying this time that you can't have any of those connections. For me, the Rob Key and and the ECB have got to find the best person that fits with Ben and Brendan, with Matthew and 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 Joss. And a right fit to, to go forward. Because at the end of the day, the selector is only as good as the players he can pick. And we're going to get onto this in a minute. We're going to come to selection for Pakistan. We're going to find trying to find a second, third spinner. Because I still think probably ECB thought Moen Ali might, or Brendan and Ben might have thought Moen Ali would definitely go to Pakistan. And it looks like he's not going to go. So you, as a selection panel, you're only as good as the players that you can pick or that are out there, the options that are out there. I think what this role has got to do now because of COVID gone is now got to find the next pathway forward. So got to build up towards the ashes. And I think that's the role of the selector, not the captain or the coach. It's you know moving forward that if in 12 months' time this person gets injured, that person loses form, these have bridged the gap between first-class cricket and test cricket to make it an easier transition into the other game at the top level because I think that's what we've struggled with over the course of the last two or three years because we haven't had ear tours, we haven't had academies, we haven't had under-19 trips. I think that gap hasn't been bridged because of circumstance and I think that's probably why ECB want a selector or a panel of people who can you know, try and look for that, that, that sort of next generation coming through because ben, ben just wants to look at the next game, pick the best team, and I think it's up to you know the ECB to now keep finding these options if they like Johnny Besto gets injured, if Matt Potts you know, loses a little bit of form, there is somebody that's coming through that isn't overawed with Test match cricket. I think we should say as well that that there's that the reason this role is being reinstated is quite interesting. It, it looks ever more as if Ed Smith, well, the, that role was um, made redundant because they wanted to get rid of Ed Smith. I think that's pretty plain. It was a personality-based issue. I'm still not absolutely sure you need the role, but I can see the logic for it. I've got no issues with that. And it's very interesting, the other candidates. I mean, I think we've all seen 
uh, various names uh, bandied around. I, I mean, I contacted a few of them, and they were very surprised. Stephen Finn, for example, categorically said he wasn't interested. Uh, that he's he hasn't applied, won't apply, and wants to carry on being a player. You know, a- a- Alex Stewart says he hasn't applied and hasn't thought about it. Whether he will, well, he'll look at the end of the season. You know, they're trying to win the championship. He seems to be at the right age when that should could be a possibility. Nick Knight, I thought, was about to move to America. I think his his daughter's one of the best young tennis players in the country. I think she's rated number one. Uh, and I think she's got a scholarship, and that was the priority, I thought. For what it's worth, I think he would be a very, very strong candidate as well. Might not come across always on TV, but there's Harmy and I were talking just before we started this, and I, I learned masses from Nick Knight when he was captain of Warwickshire and I worked at the Birmingham Post and Mail and he, he was very generous with his time after games would always debrief and, the, uh, and I learned absolutely masses from every conversation uh, I think there's a huge amount of knowledge there and he would be another really strong candidate I don't think it's going to be that difficult to find good candidates and I hope you do go for it Harmy for what it's worth because I think you'd be another really good candidate and I love your passion for the game and your honesty and for what it's worth I saw as well that you said you were concerned that your criticism of the 100 might count against you. Richard Thompson's the chair, yeah? <laughs> no one was more critical than him. So I reckon you should be OK. Now, hopefully I'll be OK. And you're right. I think I love Knight. I think he went. He gets a bit of stick off his fellow commentators. But I think if you're an armchair fan, you can only learn a whole lot about the game from Knighty. You mentioned Al's Al's an interesting one. I mean, the point, I mean, you know how honest I am. I'd be thinking if if Stewie went for the job, I'm standing there, I'm not even going for it because he would be perfect. Alex Stewie would be perfect for the job. He's he's done everything, knows everybody, everybody loves him. He has a a huge amount of kudos in this game. If he went for the job, I'd hope they'd be thinking about making two jobs because there'd be a few of us wanting the second job to work with Sir Alec because he's he's one of the greatest that we've ever had from a a player point of view and a human point of view. So if the ECB, that'd be a good coup that if the ECB could get somebody like Alec into into their system. But he would have been director of cricket. He would have been manager director. Was it manager director? Sorry, or was it head coach that Ashley Giles wanted to appoint him as head coach? And he couldn't because of his, you know, uh, family health issues. He, he's going to struggle to travel. Uh, I don't know whether that's going to be a massive issue. I don't know how much the selector has to travel, but I don't know. I hope it's not inappropriate to even have this conversation. But, you know, th- those sorts of issues are the reason that he already doesn't have an extremely prominent role in the England side. Um, and, yeah, I, 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 he, he is, uh, you know, yeah, I agree with everything you said. If he applies... <laughs> You know, he's a very, very strong candidate. He's got everyone's respect. Well, I don't know about that. I, I, I wouldn't put you down. I think it's great to have lots of good candidates, and and you would do things a bit differently and have a slightly different way of doing things. But I, that doesn't mean it's either better or worse. It would be a very you want a strong field of candidates. But yeah, as you say, that there's no one who doesn't have anything but complete respect for Alex Stewart. The top line. Okay, then we'll put your selectors' caps on, then, Harmy and George. England uh, heading to Pakistan. It doesn't look like Moeen Ali and Adil Rashid will be uh, on the plane. So, who do they pick? Who goes with them? Who's the backup spinner to or spinners to Jack Leach? Go on, there's your first job, Harmy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a million. That's 
that's such a tough question because there isn't many candidates. There's not many candidates. You'd have to go back to Parkinson, who we've been reluctant to pick since we've seen him because he hasn't really featured since in squads or part of the England sort of groups where you'd think if that second spinner was somebody that they knew they wanted to have and have around, I'd imagine every single test squad would have had that second spinner in where we're going you know, in December. So from a selection's point of view, I don't think they know who that second spinner is. There's two or three options. They might go back to, to Liam Dawson because not only are you looking for your second spinner, to possibly just hold an end, that second spinner might have to bat. Because when you but look do at do you want your second spinner to also be left arm? I mean, that's no. Unfortunately, you don't. Yeah. But unfortunately, you're, you're looking at you know the boy Carson down at Sussex. That's a huge ask. He's a you know, young, young, young kid. You're looking at the other Parkinson, another left arm spinner. Hartley, another left arm spinner. We've got a lot of left arm spinners in this country. The one I think England were hanging their hat on was was uh, was Mo and Ali. Brendan and Ben thought Mo and Ali might come and play three test matches in Pakistan to get us out of that second spin of trouble, to give us that balance of all round in that lower middle order and then get through them three test matches, knowing that we go to New Zealand, then we come home for the Ashes where we don't really need a second spinner. Until then, we can get back, like I mentioned earlier before, about what Selector needs to do, which is get back to having talent pools going away and learning the game after covid and hope that in the next 12 months we can produce maybe one or two spinners to come out of the woodwork to challenge Jack Leach. And I think that's where this, this sort of selection panel at the minute are probably banging their heads because I'm not sure they know who that second spinner would be. It might have to be. Bear in mind, if you're going to go down the three seamers route, one's going to be Wood, one's going to be Robinson, one's going to, probably going to be Anderson. So there's three number 10s. So there you're down to nine. So that second spinner might have to be somebody who can bat. And that possibly brings Liam Dawson into the affair. You can see that happening, can't you? Well, I wondered about Don Bess. George, just before you talk about... No, that's fine. Just before you talk about George uh, Don Bess, you know, Joe Root bowled 20 overs in, in the Caribbean. Um, I'll just have a quick look, but Australia recently visited Pakistan and they won in the end. Obviously, they got Nathan Lyon, but essentially, do England just pick their best bowlers, essentially? And they play. They use root. They use root, and they use leech. And then they just they they pick two fast bowlers, or, or with Stokes as well. You you need backup. You need backup, particularly you know Le- leech has health issues. Yeah, true. You need backup. You you you, you know you might. You, you're right. You might only play one spinner per game. You might with root in reserve, but you need another spinner or two on tour. But you, if you go in to. with the mentality uh, that they're not in the team, they're in the squad. That takes a little bit of the pressure off, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. But you, you've still got to have them. And at the minute, I don't think England, I don't think the selection panel at this minute in time knows who that second or third one is because you're going to have to take three because you might turn up at Multan on an, you know, an absolute Bunsen burner where no point playing Mark Wood on it. No point playing, so you're going to have to have them. If, if you turn up and you don't have the capability to offer that, Pakistan would be insane not to produce such a wicket. Now, I'm not saying that they will or they could change their plans at the last minute, but these things do happen. If you don't turn up prepared, you know, you, you've got to have cover in the squad. 
Uh, and it's a very, very difficult question for them. Look, there, there is... I did speak to Moen, and Moen has said no. You know, there's no secret about that. And why? But he did agree. I, I think that one of the key things was that um, that he's, he's concerned about spending a long time in a bubble again. And they're going to be in a bubble for, for mainly security reasons in, in Pakistan. And he's very nervous about that. Uh, he's got a very long uh, winter schedule. And... Yeah, it just it stopped looking quite so attractive. It's a, it's as simple as that. But he has agreed to talk to Brendan McCullum, and maybe if Brendan McCullum is at his most persuasive, uh, he'll be able to talk him around. But it really, really didn't sound like it. And also, I mean, you tell me, Harmy, do do you want to talk someone around if their heart's not in it? No, I, I don't believe you do. I love Moen Ali. I've known Moen since he was sort of eighteen year old because he played in the same under-19 team as, as my younger brother. And I've always had a, a huge soft spot, huge affection for Mo, the way he's you know, he's been throughout his career. And when he said he wanted to come back to play Pakistan, I didn't enjoy that. But actually, when I look at it now, and you're trying to pick a squad to win the next game, unfortunately, because of a huge number of reasons, we probably haven't got that second spinner who's good enough, experienced enough in... In the in Red Bull games, now I think England have to go try cap in hand to see if they can get him to come back and play them three test matches. I, I I don't see England having any other other options. I think knowing Ben as I do and knowing the way Ben's gone about how he's wanted to play during his captaincy and selection throughout his captaincy, which is I want to pick the best team that's physically possible to win the next game. I actually think Mo and Ali comes into the equation. Well, maybe maybe the maybe the door is just a tiny bit ajar because he has agreed to speak to Brendan, but it's it you know I, I think so far he said no, and his mind is made up. But uh, the other thing is he actually he hasn't played a first class game for a year, and the Adil Rashid thing was a possibility, but he surely had to play some cricket because how could we know that the conditioning is right for want of a better word? Adil's obviously had that shoulder problem. He might then have to bowl 40 overs and innings, having not done so for five years or something. Well, well, I suppose he has played Test cricket in 2019, so three years. And Moen as well, if you remember when he went to Australia for the Ashes, he ripped his spinning fingers. He had terrible blisters, which is kind of a conditioning thing. It's a harsh way of looking at it. But if you haven't bowled a lot of overs, they haven't hardened up. So he he could end up bowling 40 overs and innings, well, 40, 40 overs a Test. And really, really struggling physically. So my own view is it's too late anyway. Uh, much as I, I get the logic of what you're saying, Harmy, in an ideal world, you want a guy who can bowl off spin to complement the left arm of Leach and can offer you some runs. But I think it's too late. And this is the point that we come back to. Whoever becomes selector, they're not an alchemist. They can't just, you know... We, we have to have a system that produces spinners, and we don't. Now, Carson... I mean, that would be a brave choice. I think he's played one championship game. He's just coming back from injury. He's obviously talented. I, I think it'd be a bit unfair to take him. So that's why I think they might go for Bess. I think he's the top spinner, is he, in the... Uh, I'm not sure that he's in the Yorkshire side for the last game, though. Um, and he can score some runs he's played before. He might be seen as expendable. But at least he's an offie, which would complement Leach. I, I don't know. It's a very, very difficult situation. I agree with you about the Parkinson's as well. I think Callum Parkinson is a good bowler, but you don't want two left armers, really. And somebody who can't bat. And that's your frontline spinner holds the game, holds the game. 
and then tries to win the game for you. The second spinner is is there to, to sort of help and fill. But he, for me, has got to be somebody who can balance the side out. And that's why Mo fits perfectly. I actually think if – I don't think – I wouldn't have a problem picking Mo and Ali from a body point of view. I think he could get through. I would have reservations on Adil Rashid. Where he's going, I think Moen is such a character where when the juices are flowing, Moen, he's a proper player. And I think that, going back to Pakistan, I think that would help. Going in Australia, was I don't think was ever going to work because of the, the type of cricket, the way the cricket's played. I don't think his heart was back in Test Match cricket. I think his heart would be there to not prove a point because I don't think he's got a point to prove, but He'd be there because he wants to be there and he wants to show the people of Pakistan that he is a, a fantastic player. So that's why I'd be tempted to try and do everything I possibly can to say, Mo, come and play three test matches for me. Don't have to ever play again, but just come back and play three because I don't think we've got many other options. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Moments of the week. Guys, shall we talk about the county championship? Because we've had two terrific rounds. Uh, unfortunately, Gareth Batty is now coach, so otherwise he can't play um, in, uh, in Pakistan like he did in India and Bangladesh back in 2016. Uh, first off, though, Hampshire, they played when Surrey didn't. Surrey then played when Hampshire didn't. Top of the table, eight points separating them. If Hampshire go on to win the title, they will look back at that win over North Hants, won't they? Rain affected. They were up against it in first innings. And essentially, they took the wicket, um, the final wicket of the match, seconds before the heavens opened again. And a draw became a win. 
And despite losing Liam Dawson to England duty, which is going to be a blow for them, they've got two winnable games, fair to say. Certainly the run-in looks more difficult than uh, than Surrey's. Um, do you, that's quite interesting. Um, their last game is at Edgbaston, isn't it? Hampshire's last game. I thought that was quite interesting because you've got a couple of people there, you know, Keith Barker and Pop Welsh, Graham Welsh, the bowling coach, who, who might take a sort of perverse delight in stamping Warwickshire down. <laughs> Particularly if Ashley Giles was to come back and be director of cricket there, which I don't think he will. But yeah, I, I, I don't know that it's more difficult. Look, it's brilliantly poised. It's absolutely brilliantly poised. And, and, and that's it. It's perfect. It's exactly what you want. So I was at Edgbaston. I'm not meaning to change the subject. No, please and don't. it looks like a... Du- well, it, I know it sort of looks like it was a bit of a dull draw, but it was brilliant. I mean, on the third morning, with the game properly in the balance, it was Siraj and uh, Giant Yadav bowling in tandem for a while at Lamanby, who I think is terrific. And I know he hasn't got the figures to show it, but I think he's terrific. And Tom Abel. And, jeez, that's, that's exactly what you want in county cricket. You know, two Indian test players played to bowling to two young English batters. A real test. And they got through the morning, 65 runs in 36 overs, I think it was. I thought it was gripping. <laughs> I know, I'm a very sad person who should get out more. But it was, um, it was really good quality, tough cricket. And, it, uh, and it, uh, with only 20 overs of the game left on the fourth day, it still looked like Warwickshire could pull off a run chase or a well-timed declaration could induce them into a, a loss. So it was really, really good cricket. So I don't know whether... But of course, they've only won one game this year, Warwickshire. And, and, and if they're the ones standing between Hampshire and the championship title, you know, that Hampshire bowling attack is something, isn't it? Yeah, So I, I don't know. I, I just do not know where that's going to go. But I, I think it's great that it's going to the line and it shows the one of the great benefits of promotion and relegation. I hope when they do change... It looks like they think that too much movement between divisions in the new uh, structure is a bad thing. I think it's great. Yeah, I do think It's so. great. Even if you had six in each division, I'd be on for two up, two down. Make every game count. Make yep. it tense. Totally agree. Relegation is the perfect option in cricket because actually it doesn't hurt teams. I, but everyone desperately wants to avoid it. Yeah, I totally it's agree. Perfect. And also, it says a lot about the Division 1 that you've got Hampshire and Surrey fighting it out for the for the uh, for the championship, but you know that was a massive game at the bottom of the table between Warwickshire and Somerset. And actually, you've got at the end of the season is it Kent Somerset, a lot one of the last games of the season that could just Kent be... Somerset last game, yeah, yeah, last game. And also Gloucestershire Warwickshire this week, exactly. And, and North North Hants Somerset as well, isn't it? North Hants Somerset. There's so many so every, every game, so many every game games. matters pretty much. You probably are. You probably are looking from Northampton and fifth. The Gloucester in tenth. Any one of them five teams, six teams can go. Five teams can go down. Even Yorkshire, who yeah, even Yorkshire, if they get even Yorkshire. By Surrey, could. I think the top they, four they are gone. I think the top four are gone. It. Yeah, and it, so I suppose only Lancashire have nothing to play for really anymore. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, off that point. Lancashire and Essex. Yeah, the good thing in that game, yeah, Sam Hinn, somebody that doesn't get a great deal of mentions. I think that was his ninth half century this season. I think. Who's the other ones? Compton and somebody else has got nine. Uh, Harry Brook. He's a proper player, that he, He's a very, very good player. He's at the peak of his powers. Look, he's batting at four, so he's trying to get into the spot, which Joe Root has. Good luck with that. But he, he is good enough. I, I can't believe that Welsh Fire hardly picked him. I mean, that is... How did that go for them? That tells you exactly where Welsh Fire was. I know we don't want to get to the 100 because I'll get in even more trouble, but... 
that is just shows you where the sort of mentality of, of Welsh fire was because I watched him get 100 at very, very young man at, Ch- at uh, South Northumberland against Durham. In a, like, it was like a festival game. It was a, Royal, it was a Royal London 50 over game a few years ago. He was just young, little lad. And Belly was playing as well. And I remember coming off and I was talking to Belly. I said, who on earth's that? And he was like, I, it was one of his first games. It really was one of his first games. And he kept hitting he kept hitting the ball on a good wicket over the top of extra cover for like one bounce falls. And I was like, if you can do that, you've got a chance, my friend, because that is the hardest shot in the book to go over that way and control it. And you hit it with so much control and timing. And I thought, I'm going to watch out for you. But he doesn't seem to get the recognition that many other batters get in first-class cricket when he... he, he well, not just that. And in list A cricket, he's got the highest average ever, hasn't he? And, and it's not that small a sample size at this stage. So I know that he was gutted when he missed out in that COVID-related squad uh, for the Pakistan series. When England basically had to, to name a second string and he wasn't in it. And I, I actually spoke to Chris Silverwood about it and said, um, he's a bit unlucky, isn't he? And he went, some home. Oh, I suppose, and I just I took away from that he wasn't in the discussion. I might be wrong, but that that's so. I agree with you. He he's gone under the radar a bit, probably because he's competing for a role where England are very well catered. But I think Duckett is there. Duckett's batted three, yeah, generally, and he's pretty much there as England's next opener. That's interesting. So could they have gone Hayne instead? Well, pro- no, I don't think he is an opener to be honest. I think that's actually probably, even just talking about it, probably is a reasonable decision. But it, So it's very hard to get in because he's trying to get one of those spaces, whether he could bat at three, maybe, but Ollie Pope has had, I think, a very strong summer. So he's trying to displace Pope, Bearstow, Root or Stokes. I mean, good luck with that, Sam. What about, um, oh, sorry, by the way, they, they should welcome back Pope, folks, and also maybe Joe, Jamie Overton, Carl Abbott. Should be back for Hampshire as well. I was reading the Cricketer magazine or the Cricketer online. So that's good, isn't it? You know, both teams, you know, full strength. And uh, I can't wait. I'm going to be at the Oval next week for that Yorkshire clash. I think that Surrey are streaming it live, by the way. They're taking it uh, in-house. So it'll be available on the BBC radio, but also on uh, on YouTube. So that shows uh, how... And it's going to be the Mickey Stewart Oval as well. As well. So uh, they've renamed it. We talked about Alec, but we, it's going to be Mickey's big day next week, and rightly so, 90-year-old. Wow. He looked mint on the TV the other day. He looked amazing when they showed him at um, at the Oval. And if ever anybody deserves a, a recognition like that, and, and it'll be a good game because Yorkshire, I still think Yorkshire have got something to, I still think they've got something to do. I think they need points um, for them, you know, them going down. And they were lucky, I think, this week. I think that would have been safe, that one wicket win. What a game. What a game Santa had at, uh, Santa had at, um, at Essex. We had, him, we had him on TalkSport 2 for, for Holland, didn't we? And he bowled well against England in the Holland International. We got, he got a 46 and 65 not out batting at number nine. Neil Manthorpe will be, honestly, the Cricket Collective this week will be a nightmare because Neil Manthorpe loves lower order runs. It's all he's interested in. Lower order runs. <laughs> And he's managed to get himself not only in a position to win the game, they're getting them over the line as well to win by one wicket. So that would be a huge. That was a huge blow for Goffey and Otis Gibson and Yorkshire. Let me ask you, as a selector, this putting you in an unfair <laughs> position, <laughs> and I do mean you, Harvey, rather than you, Norman. But both of you, Sam Cook. I mean, he keeps doing it. He did it in the hundred as well. We absolutely nailed it. 
But um, Sam Cooke just keeps doing his job brilliantly. Could he? Oh, he's not quick, but he is skillful. He is consistent, and he does have an engine. Could he go up a level? I think he could. But again, a bit like the Sam Hill, arguably he's fighting against Broad Anderson Robinson for that similar role that they're going, the skillful role that hits the top of the stumps, creates pressure. Prayers on, for me, what is wrong with international batting at this moment in time in the longer format of the game, which is poor techniques. I think because of that, of course he can go up a level. But unfortunately, a little bit like we've had the argument with Sam Hearn, is that he's got to try and displace Jimmy Anderson, 600 and plenty test wickets. Stuart Broad on his way to 600 and plenty test wickets. And Ollie Robinson, a rejuvenated Ollie Robinson, who, boy, is really, really, really talented. Now he's got himself in a position of professionalism. That's a difficult bowling unit to get in. And I think from a selection point of view, for us to win the Ashes, in my opinion, I still think we're going to have to make sure that Archer and Wood a bit like Simon Jones in 2005, we've got their prime resources ready to go for them five games for us to stand any chance. And if something happens to Broad, Anderson or Robinson, then there's no reason I don't think Cook can, can stand up because he's he's got wickets. And the way he's got wickets, which is preying on you know people's techniques. And I still think that's a, a I think that applies at the higher level as well. Presumably at the end of the next Ashes... You know, this time next year. I mean, presumably, eventually, one of them's going to retire. I mean, I, I, I think we're presuming Broadwell at the end of next year, aren't we? But, but honestly, why, why would you presume anything? I'm talking myself out of what I just said. But, you know, I think there's a fair chance they walk off together at, at the, Oval. the Oval next September. Oh, no, no, it's no, not July. September, is it? July. Late July. Anyway. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Ambrose and Wolf style. Match of the week. Let's move on to Division 2, shall we? Well, obviously not. So, I mean, do we know for sure? It's definitely two up, two down, isn't it? And it's going to be... The, the, the divisions are going to be the same next year. That's done, right? Even though... The, is, is it? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, Has wait it there. actually well, been confirmed? Well, wait there. Was it, was it definitely Championship Games 14? Or was it First Class Games? So do you potentially get the, the Bostock idea of this sort of regional competition in August being played instead? That's all. I think that's a good Just, idea. Yeah, but does, but does that replace does that replace county championship games though? They, it it could it, do, couldn't it? Well, that's the problem. You'd say. I mean, if it's an as an addition to the county championship, and there's no reduction in games. Then, you know, that's one argument. But to replace county championship games. Is that not for when we only get 10 first-class matches and then you have... Yeah, but that's what I mean. They could do it. I don't think they will, for what it's worth, but I think they left the door open, correct me if I'm wrong, to say that they would have the same number of first-class matches for next year. Not necessarily championship. No, I, thought, I thought things stay the same next year. With a view. I think it's 10 and 8. I think next year, the, the championship is 10 teams in the first division, 8 teams in the second division. Nothing changes because we haven't got anything through and passed off... On this, on this by the way, the current the current schedule is is pants. It's it, you, you could win the championship because you draw I don't know who's bottom Gloucestershire twice and Surrey once, or or you could draw Hampshire and um, and Surrey twice and only play Gloucestershire once. Well, that's nonsense already. I'm a bit surprised, and I get where they're coming from with the sentiment, but I'm a bit surprised with those spectators who are saying 
We don't want any change. Because the current system's rubbish. It is. I mean, Surrey didn't have to play at the Aegeus Bowl. So if Surrey win, they've played Hampshire at home, but they haven't played them away, which is a stunt. It was just not fair. No, it's it just the integrity of the competition is compromised. Absolutely, so I, it is. You know, we, we should... I, I get why people are resistant, because they think that the, the cuts will keep happening and the direction of travel is irreversible and they're probably right. So I get where the resistance is coming from, but I think we should be prepared to accept some change because I don't think the status quo is good at all. Yes. A quick word on Division 2. Nottinghamshire are up. Middlesex go to Leicestershire next. Leicestershire have lost eight games, haven't won a match. That's a home win, yeah, that's a given. You, that's, well, and so Middlesex are up if they win that match. It's, that's, that's pretty much done. Nottinghamshire, Middlesex in Division 1, that sounds right. I know Middlesex have played a few seasons in around Division 2 recently, but replacing Gloucestershire for sure, it's looking like Somerset might be okay. I think it does. No, it doesn't actually. Is it one of one of one of Somerset and Kent? Would that would you say? Is no, there... no. Warwickshire, Warwickshire are actually second from the bottom. Kent, Kent are equal on points with them. So uh, I think Somerset have a cushion of eight points or something. That's right. But Gloucestershire, Warwickshire have to go to Gloucestershire, who are already down. Um, yeah, but Warwickshire but Hampshire, and Hampshire might need to win to win the championship. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. It's a tough gig. But Hampshire, one, Warwickshire yeah. probably need to win in Bristol. Yeah, they need and, to win but one of, emphatically in Bristol. But Kent are about to go to Hampshire, right? You'd, you'd say that's looking like a, a Hampshire win. Well, Kent look as if they're in free fall, but but maybe they'll turn it round. But they, they, it looks as if there's a bit wrong there. And Somerset have got to play North Ants, who could, could very easily have got a draw against Hampshire, and they did get a draw against Surrey. So that's not going to be easy. They're battle hardened. So you could and see. So they've 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 given Craig Overton a, a, an injection, a painkilling injection. Craig Overton lifts that side. He makes that side twenty five percent better. He's 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 got the dog in him that that side needs. Uh, you know, whatever you think of him as an international cricketer at county level, he is a real quality operator. Without a doubt. So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and he, he adds a lot to that side. Uh, they 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 miss him, but, so they're hoping he can play. But it's touch and go. Wow. Either way. At the bottom of the table, there's four teams, basically, isn't it? If you do include Yorkshire in that, because if those results go against Yorkshire and they lose against Surrey, then Yorkshire are going to go into that final season a little bit nervous. Very nervous, actually. Wow. I think that brings us to the end of the show. Do you think? Um, I know. My mighty Durham did very, very well. and got. I know it was only against Leicester, but I remember picking somebody right at the very start of the season who I thought was going to be one to watch, and he only got 13 wickets in this game, so... You, know, you should Matt be a Potts. selector. Fantastic! Yeah, that sounds that sounds like Ed Smith's book. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the tone of Ed Smith's book. Am I wrong? That well, that, no. if I ever do that again, no, no. please please shoot me. So um, no, you're no. right, you're right. But it would have been better if we had done it on your behalf, and yeah, we should have. We done. Would, he had a great game, and, and it's fair to say that this isn't going to be Leicester's year for promotion, isn't it? <laughs> it's not going to be Leicester's year for promotion. Then we can rule them out, says George. No. Um, who else in the second division? Uh, Jake Libby? Well, Derbyshire have, Dar- Derbyshire have, have, you know, it doesn't look great. They're fourth in, uh, I think, fourth in division two. But they're doing, you know, it's progress. You can feel them getting better. Players are choosing to go there. Uh, Zach Chappell chose to go there, for example. I mean, I think that's a really, really strong signing. Uh, good wickets. 
ambitious coach, charismatic. Look, they're starting from a low, low base, low base. But they go in the right direction. That's something really good to see. To be honest, Glamorgan have had a better season. They have. So, so those things are all. Those things are really, really encouraging. Glamorgan beat Middlesex at the weekend. They'd be second with two games to play, and they're they're not out of it. Glamorgan played Derbyshire. Say there's an upset. Let's say I don't know. It's, they're, they're not they're not totally out of it. So yeah, you are right. Uh, James Franklin's leaving Durham. He's gone. He's gone home already. Um, I thought he did a good job at Durham. Got to remember, Durham were at rock bottom. Durham had gone, you know, nearly gone bankrupt, lost a whole host of international players. Five left, one came back. I thought he did a good job. I spoke to Marcus North in the middle of the summer, and he was saying, "We've got a budget for fifteen players. In, the 15, in that fifteen players, I know that we don't pay them, but them fifteen players are, are wooden stokes who we're never ever going to have. You know, they've built up the likes of Cars and." Potts, Lees has gone on to play international cricket. So Durham have lost a lot of players in the recent time to international or people leaving. So I think James Franklin, as much as I don't think the members really warm to him and warm to what was going on, and we've kept the, the sort of wolf from the door, and we're going in the right direction. Like Derbyshire, Durham are going in the right direction. It might not look stats-wise, but from a player's personal, uh, personnel point of view, we've got some good players coming through. And I, and I think Durham are, are on the right track, or going forward anywhere. How they go about replacing James Franklin, from a financial point of view, have we got any money? I'm not so sure. I would give it to Neil Colleen. He's been with the England bowlers. He's produced a hell of a lot of good England bowlers. I'd give Neil Colleen the job. He knows the club. He loves the club. He'll not leave the club, even though I've put one of my best mates, and I've told him a few times he can kick on. But that club's at heart, and uh, I'd give it to Neil Colleen and give him a chance. They might lose their chief executive too. I think Tim Bostock is right in the in the mix for the ECB chief exec role. Although, I, I mean, yeah, I did, I, I did talk to him. What I'm finding with a lot of those candidates is they all think that someone else has it. Uh, genuinely, I think. I don't, and uh, Richard Gould has been at every test match in that South Africa series. Interesting. You know, is going for it. Is very close to Richard Thompson. It would be an incredible appointment, bearing in mind how it ended for him and Richard Thompson at Surrey and or whatever a few years ago. So... It feels right now like Gould, but Bostock is a strong, strong candidate and very respected within the game and played a huge role in getting cricket on during COVID. I don't think there would have been first-class cricket on. don't think the Bob Willis Trophy would have happened without uh, Tim Bostock. I, I think he was a driving force. And by the way, on that, some of us who are in the Cricket Riders Club have to vote on Young Player of the Year, etc., etc., Championship Player of the Year, England Player of the Year, Man and Woman, if anyone listening has ideas, oh, I could definitely be swayed at this point because I am. Uh, yeah, I don't think there are outstanding candidates for some of those roles right now. Uh, guys, we're going to have to leave that. Uh, that can be that can be our topic for next week. Harmy, think about it. Okay. Get your uh, application in. And uh, George, where are you going to be? Who are you talking to there? <laughs> oh. oh, sorry. Uh, oh, both, both. Um, <laughs> where are you going to be this week, George? No, I'm going to go to uh, first day at Leicester. Uh, second day at New Road and uh, take it <laughs> the, the Leicester game of course could be over that quickly um, second day at New Road I, I want to sort of try and uh, gauge the temperature at the county so I want to try and get around three or four around if possible and have you know those conversations but I'm starting at Grace Road Networking I love it Harmy what are you doing? Not a lot to be honest <laughs> trying to calm down it's been a whirlwind of 
the summer. Go, um, get out there. Go and feed the chickens. Go and chill out. I might go and... Uh, you do your application. Application, yeah. yeah. I'll probably watch some some cricket that's, that's on. Well, I'll probably just try and work on my golf swing again because it's not very good at the minute. All right, well, I'll let you do that. I'm going to go to the Oval and see uh, it's the, uh, the Talk Sport Cricket Derby. Goffey against Bats. So um, go on, Surrey. Take it to the final final week. That should be a really good game. And the weather looks good as well. So uh, brilliant. Well, look, uh, following on, we'll be back uh, next week after those round or that round of county championship fixtures. And I hope you join us then. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.